because it's oh. been like 60. I know. So cold. <laughs> <laughs> have to wear a light coat, <laughs> light jacket. <laughs> Damn! Seriously, I've had jackets like friggin' the last months or so. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's not what I signed up for. Stupid. Anyway, okay, listen, I don't want to dilly daddle too long at the front of this thing because mm-hmm. I really want to hear your goddamn this week because I oh. know what it is. <laughs> and I need to know the story. You do know what it is. <laughs> uh, well, first, gosh, don't get ahead of yourself. Welcome to episode 28, people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, here's my goddamn, and I'm Erin. <laughs> Best intro we've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just get right into it, because I know you're fucking dying to hear it. I am. So the other night, I woke up at, like, 1.30 in the morning, because I heard a male voice in, like, I don't know, fucking the ether, and <laughs> I thought it was coming from my baby's room like no, the baby no. monitor yeah so i was like the fuck no so i looked at the security camera to be like uh, is there someone actively kidnapping my baby right oh, now oh no 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 the sheer terror yeah and he well, he was fine he was a little bit fussing around like rolling but he, there was nothing in there and i was like there's That's a man weird. in my room yelling mom yeah <laughs> Can't yeah sleep. there weren't like hands reaching down for him <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting there like, you know, now your heart's pounding and you Uh can't sleep. And then I heard it again and it was coming from outside. It was the cops. Oh my God. They were on their like loudspeaker thing being like, residents of street next to mine or house (laughs) next to mine, come out with your hands up. We have the house surrounded. And so I got up and went, because that's Brandon's side of of the bed is like right next to that window. So then I got up and went around and I was like... Let's see what's going on out here. Yeah, what are the neighbors into? Yeah, and <laughs> fucking right there, like, I can see this house. I have a front row seat, and uh-huh. there's cops lining the street, blocking off the street, surrounding oh, this house shit. that's on the corner, and it's fucking SWAT. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I was like, Brandon, the SWAT team's here. Yeah, there's cops outside. And he was like, huh. And I was like, Brandon, there's cops outside. Like, <laughs> this is something that he gets excited about, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, there's cops outside. You need to fucking wake up right now. And were I'm like, like shaking him. Were you like, turn on the scanner? <laughs> right? And he was just like, huh. Like, whatever. And then I was like, can you hear me? <laughs> and he said yes. And I was like, there are cops outside. And then they set off a flashbang grenade <gasps> thing. Whatever those things are called. That's a loud ass fucking noise and a really bright light oh my god and brandon goes what the fuck was that <laughs> i'm like motherfucker i have been trying to tell you there are cops outside oh shit <laughs> and so he finally gets up because that'll wake anybody up uh yeah and it's like we live in like a, a valley so it just echoes through the whole fucking place it oh was loud as hell i'm sure all of a sudden like the dog started barking surprisingly as... the dogs weren't going really yeah because you're right like usually the dogs will go crazy in this valley but yeah. no they weren't they weren't doing anything so interesting i was like, like oh it's just the cops <laughs> <laughs> we gotta stay quiet so they can get this perp <laughs> So I was looking out the window, and Brandon got up and was like, I'm going outside, right? Like, he's going on the balcony, which oh overlooks this house. And so he's out there, and we're just watching, and they're like, oh, we're fucking have your house surrounded. Come out, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and they're setting off flashbangs in the back of the house. Like, I don't know if that's what they're called. That's what I think they're called. So if anyone is like, the fuck is a flashbang? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're – It's not I, when you said that, I can picture it. 
yeah, it flashes and it bangs. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I know about them. And so Brandon was like, usually they send those, like they throw those and then they just rush in. Yeah. Because like, that's like, oh, we're distracted, right? And like, I don't know, war movies, your ears are ringing. Yeah. (laughs) You can't see anything. "Ah!" Scares them. Yeah. Startles them. So that's happening. And then they're like, just still repeating over the thing. Like, oh, come out. We have your house surrounded. So then after a pretty tense standoff, one person comes out the front door and there's like green laser pointers like (gasps) you know yeah laser pointers i'm sure right those are guns yeah yeah (laughs) they're not laser pointers and so they're like (laughs) yeah like circling this person like "Mm, i'm gonna get him and this motherfucker just moseys down the stairs like (gasps) and i'm like i would have been like hands up everything no this person was just like whatever i'm coming out get you got me yeah and this is after like 10 minutes 15 minutes or so shit so like this was a tense standoff, and then uh, this person yeah. moseys out. So then they shoot out the windows of this house. What? They After sh- the guy came out? Yeah, because that apparently wasn't the guy. Oh, so that's there's why another person inside. Out. <gasps> that's a really good friend, by the way, to like mosey out with a bunch of uh, guns pointed at your ass. Yeah. I'll create a diversion. I'll create a diversion. I feel like I would have been like, why'd you get me into this? Like, I'm yeah. gonna go out there. Yeah. I gotta go now. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would come outside not to say like you're a great friend for coming outside but to be like you know nonchalant about it yeah <laughs> like well, there's nothing here that's nothing more suspicious than yeah, that <laughs> it's fine there's no like dangerous person inside no <laughs> so they come out and then they fucking shoot out the windows of this house like all of them oh shit and then they throw in fucking smoke bombs <gasps> oh my god so did they have like fucking zip lines and grapple hooks sending them in not yet no they, <laughs> they shot them in with like a shotgun or something it was the kitchen window and i saw something go in because again didn't have my glasses on i saw something go in and then i saw a bunch of like sparkles and shit and then just smoke started oh, fucking shit. pouring out and i was like did this motherfucker just light his house on fire oh my god because that's gonna create a problem for everyone in my goddamn neighborhood yeah like yeah <laughs> I'm going to have to put pants on. (laughs) This isn't okay. Yeah. And so, like, my stomach dropped and everything. I was like, motherfucker, why didn't they just go in? And then they would (laughs) have solved this whole fucking problem. But no, it was okay. Well, by okay, I mean, it was just smoke bombs. It was planned. (laughs) Yeah. So they threw those in. And, like, fucking, again, 10 minutes later or something, this person finally comes out of the garage, which was open, like, halfway. Yeah. And so they just, like, mosey on out, like, you got me. Oh, my God. Seriously, dude? So then that guy comes out, and then the cops are like, let's break all the rest of the windows for fucking good measure. I'm not sure why. I mean, if I were a cop and it's 2 in the morning and I have all the equipment. And, and we- you had to wait that long, and you're just like, fuck these people, right? So then they have this long-ass pole with, like, a round thing at the end. I feel like it should be a fist. And they were just, like, tapping the, the two-story window, like, <gasps> the second story, just like, tink, 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 and just taking out all of the, the I glass. I wonder why. Maybe to air out the house. Yeah, I think it was to air out the smoke. (laughs) But also, like, I'm pretty sure windows usually open. Yes, (laughs) typically. So, like, maybe don't cost me another fucking $600 or however much windows are. I don't know. That's so weird. I wonder if maybe the guy was like, wait, I have cats in there or I have kids in there or something. I don't think so. So they're like, let us help. Let us help. I think it was just to air it out because they maybe thought that that wasn't the last guy. Oh, Because so like, then SWAT <gasps> fucking rushed in, finally. Oh, God. Rushed after, like, fucking 45 yeah. minutes. 
like, go! Rush in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, now? <laughs> should, should we go? <laughs> so they all go in, and, like, you can see them in the windows, because now all the windows are fucking busted out and oh stuff. Oh, my God. And the lights are on in the house. I don't know what they were looking for. I don't know. It, what they they didn't find anyone else. Like, no one else came out. Whoa. Yeah. But holy shit, right? That's crazy. And then, and then it was done. And I was like, do I just go to sleep now? At one point, Brandon came back inside because, like, anytime something exciting would happen, he would run back inside and be like, did you see that? And I'd be like, yeah. Because I was literally just laying in bed, like, looking out the window still, like, ooh, this is fun. <laughs> and I get my popcorn. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm warm and cozy. It's fucking 50 degrees out there. I'm not going outside. <laughs> and at one point, he ran back inside and was like, yeah, they were pointing the laser pointer at me. And I was like, Brandon, that's a gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what did you what were you doing and he's like nothing i was like what did you say because yeah allegedly drunk oh god when he had gone to bed so this is a couple hours later and so i was like this motherfucker is just like spouting off his mouth right like get him yeah Mm -hmm. look they ain't gonna come out that's not gonna do it like whatever (laughs) stupid shit he has the peanut gallery is what i'm saying Oh so then, my god! The next morning, I woke up and I went and looked at the house because I'm like, yeah, I, mean, I wonder what it look like. Yeah, what kind of shape they left it in? The fucking blinds were hanging outside of the house. The oh, windows are all shit. still out. Like it wasn't boarded up or anything. The garage door was still open. I'm like, yeah, they just left. Yeah, you guys want like TVs or something? <laughs> A little bit of smoke damage, but <laughs> wait, is it still like that, or did they yeah. board it up? No, it's still... The windows are all still broken. Oh, my God. After this, I want to go look. Yeah. But I was going to show you before, and then I was like, no, I have to tell her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't have my glasses with me. They're in the car. I have so mine. Don't worry. I need to borrow yours. Yeah. <laughs> well, fuck, man. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah. That was my exciting Holy night. Holy shit. Give God me your damn. goddamn Stacy. Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say, I saw you post on Facebook, like, the picture, and be like, uh, you gave little niblets. I didn't know the whole story. Yeah, yeah. And so I texted you, like, uh, fucking tell me the story. And you're like, no, you have to wait. And I'm like, God damn it, I need to record. <laughs> Okay, so my goddamn is pregnancy-related, which is not a big shocker. I've been holding a lot of them back because I'm a miserable pregnant lady. (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty miserable time for (laughs) most pregnant people. Everyone's like, it's a beautiful experience, and I'm like, "Uh, You're glowing. Yeah. uh, Bitch, that's sweat. I want... It's hot beer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have a hot flash right now. Yeah, I'm fucking ripping my clothes off (laughs) because I'm making a goddamn baby. And everybody's like, how do you feel? And you're like, oh, like I want to fucking go to sleep forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway... Okay, so one of the perks of pregnancy, hashtag pregnancy perks, pregnancy perk, because I'm part of the itty bitty titty committee, <laughs> I got them itty bitty titties. One of the perks is that your boobs get bigger. Yeah, yeah. You wear those V-necks now. <laughs> I can wear so many things that I couldn't wear before, <laughs> like my fancy pretty bras that I bought forever ago. When because... you were pregnant last time? <laughs> no, I bought these bras, like a Victoria's Secret, which are my size, but Victoria's nice. Secret is not fucking consistent. Like, oh. if you buy, sorry for all the guy listeners, this is totally a boob talk, but maybe you'll learn something. Yeah. Um, but Victoria's Secret has, like, t-shirt bras, and those fit my little tiny niblets perfectly (laughs) (laughs) those ones fit perfectly but then like the really pretty ones that are like fucking fifty dollars a pop yeah they don't fit so pretty or nicely they always like gape at the goddamn top and if i wear a v-neck and bend over the whole world can see my nipples so i never get to wear those bras (laughs) so i get to bust out my fancy pretty bras lately and i've been wearing them and been like god damn these are so pretty i love it yeah like ah Dang, I'm dressed up on the inside. Yeah, no one will ever know except for my husband. And I got this big old pregnancy belly, so it's not like I'm strutting my stuff or anything. You're just rubbing it. But yeah. I'm, <laughs> but I'm still excited because shit, man, like fucking 10 years ago, I spent 50 bucks on these things. <laughs> and they're still in mint condition. You could hang that shit back up on a clothes <laughs> fucking hanger and resell it. 
All right. So here's my fucking goddamn part about it all, mm-hmm. though, is that my bras never have to actually support shit. They're just there <laughs> so that you can't tell if I'm cold or not. <laughs> <laughs> and now they have to support shit. And you are going to be like, uh, zero sympathy coming for me because yep. <laughs> you have to deal with this all the time. But holy fucking shit. Bras are so goddamn uncomfortable yeah. when they're actually supporting crap. Yeah. The fucking underwire. Yeah. Uh, it jabs into like your under armpit area because it's like this is the only leverage we have. All the time. Yeah. Like it's not even like the underwire is coming out. It's just there how it works, how it functions. Mm-hmm. And you're like, motherfucker, all day long I'm sitting there stabbing at the side of my tit and I'm like in a meeting like, goddamn, I can't wait to rip this fucking bra off when yeah. I get home. Yeah, and then wash it too many times and it'll literally stab you. Well, that is the second part of my goddamn. <laughs> well, goddamn. I have a favorite of my fancy bras that I like to wear because it's like the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. And literally after fucking like four washes, not even that many, the wire's already coming out. Ugh. And I'm like, goddamn, I spent 50 bucks on this. I should at least get five washes out of it. At least, like yeah. Like 10 bucks a wash. Yeah. And that shit feels like you're dying on the inside when it yeah. starts to happen. Yeah. You ever been stabbed in the tit before? Yeah. And you're like, fucking hurt. Like, I'm like stabbing down my cleavage with my finger trying to shove the wire back yeah, in. Trying to move it back around. Yeah. And then it hurts your finger because it's sharp. So you're like trying to fold yeah. the fabric of the bra on itself so yeah. that you get like a, a little padding on your thumb so you could shove the wire back I in. I know exactly what you're talking it about. It doesn't. I know every chick here with boobs is like, yeah, that fucking sucks. <laughs> And all the itty-bitty titties are like, hmm, that sounds miserable. <laughs> Wonder what that's like. Never have that problem. But, yeah. So, anyway, that's what I dealt with, like, one day out of the week this week Ooh. was I was in a meeting and my bra started to come fucking undone and stab me in the tit. And the whole time I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm for sure going to have to get a goddamn tetanus shot now. Yeah. Why don't they just, like, <laughs> I don't know, grind down the corners of that shit so that it's, like, round at least? Yeah. I have no fucking clue. Because, yeah. The tit so is probably, stupid. like the least favorite part to get stabbed in yeah it's so sensitive yeah especially yeah. when you're pregnant and they're growing seriously and it's like oh my god don't even look at them they hurt <laughs> they can feel you <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god you poor soul anyway that's my goddamn every guy is like what the fuck does any of this mean <laughs> every guy now is just thinking about boobs so you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome for the tit thoughts <laughs> don't think about mine they're not that impressive <laughs> Right. On that note, yep. Are you ready to hear my story? Let's get this shit on the road. Yep. Well, <laughs> we'll get it on the read. <laughs> yes. Let me answer that. Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> so, this is Erin for anyone who hasn't been able to tell our voices apart still. I still listen to us like when before we publish and I'm like, I fucking we sound exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, damn, I don't even remember making that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that didn't happen to me. <laughs> oh, damn. Okay, Erin, give us your fucking story. Okay, so mine is actually a recommendation from a listener. <gasps> you, you, you. Our listeners are on it with these stories that I've literally never heard of before. And then every time I look it up, I'm like, God damn, this is a good one. Seriously, me either. I was like, oh, she said it's fucking something she's never heard on any podcast. Like, that's cool, right? And yeah. so I went and looked it up and I was like, Jesus. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. So it's from Melissa Clark. So what's up, Melissa? Yo, yo, yo. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> and I hope that you enjoy. Appreciate. <laughs> appreciate. The story. Yeah. <laughs> You which know. you already know. <laughs> yeah, which you've already heard, but you can, I don't know, just hear us talk over it for a while. So all you listeners, fucking thank Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And if it sucks, it's her fault. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so 
It is the Wichita Massacre. Ooh. Yeah. It happened in Wichita, Kansas, December 8th to the 14th in the year 2000. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it was like a spree, one might call it. Okay. It was two brothers named Reginald and Jonathan Carr, who were 22 and 20 years old. Mm -hmm. They were from Dodge City, Kansas. Okay. But they were like, let's go on out to Wichita for this Reginald. Yes, Reginald, let's go. Right? I bet he went by Reggie. I would (laughs) have. He probably did. Or like, Reg. Yeah. Sup, Reg? Mm, So Reginald. I'll stop. (laughs) So... A little bit about their past. Their parents were rather violent with each other, and they divorced, and their dad abandoned his responsibilities as a dad. Yeah. They didn't say that he abandoned them or anything, so I'm sure that they still saw him, but he wasn't like, sup, let's play games, right? Yeah. And then their dad, <laughs> and later their mom's boyfriends and stuff, would sexually abuse their older sister. Ugh. Yeah. Not a great household. No, I wouldn't want that for a dad. No. Their mom remarried a man, and their relationship was just as bad as the first marriage. Oh, God. And there was, like, violence, and the husband had pulled a gun on their mom at one point, even. Holy shit. So, I don't know, nature versus nurture or something. Yeah, this guy didn't grow up in, like, a nice, loving home. Or these guys. So then the boys went to live with their grandma, but she was also a mean lady, and she would punish them with an electrical cord. Uh, oh, like beat them? I would assume. Okay. Yeah, like hit them with it. My brain went through so many thoughts. <laughs> like, uh, what is she hooking this up to? <laughs> uh, Reginald would get into fights in school and was not doing well, obviously. He was really protective of Jonathan, and he started to get into drugs and like having sex and stuff. Of course. Wait, did you say and started having sex and stuff? Yeah. (laughs) This is like getting into drugs and having sex. How old was he? Um, high school, so not Uh, that far fetched. Sounds typical. Yeah. But also, like, he's just getting distracted, you know, drugs and girls. He was like the bad boy at the high school. Exactly. He was the Charlie Sheen. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) So then Jonathan attempted suicide by drinking antifreeze in high school when he was like 16 years old. Why? Well, he didn't have a great home life. No. Suicide's never the answer, No, but I'm just saying, these boys were a little messed up. Yeah, okay. So then Reginald, apparently also in his early 20s, he married and divorced a couple times, and by early 20s, I mean, he was only 22 when this all took place, and they were like, he's been married and divorced a couple of times, and I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I waited a long time to do that. Not to divorce. (laughs) Still waiting on that one. (laughs) And they both had arrest records. So... They weren't doing great in their life. Not stand-up citizens of society? Mm, in no. society? No. So then, for some reason, they decided to take that out on a bunch of people. Okay. And this became known as the Wichita Horror. Ooh. Or the Wichita Massacre. But it sounds like a scary movie. Right? The Wichita Horror. Like Chainsaw. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. So, no one's really sure why they went to Wichita as opposed to Dodge City, where they were from, or like what actually physically prompted the spree so then they drove to wichita on december 8th and once they got there they robbed a 23 year old man who was an assistant baseball coach named andrew schreiber okay and then on december 11th the brothers confronted a 55 year old librarian oh as she was pulling up to her house and they held a gun on her in an apparent like carjacking oh shit at her house yeah yeah they were like you hey Get out your car. car. And Ah. she was like, nope, fuck that. (laughs) So then she tried to drive away, 
Yes. It's and a good idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of the brothers shot her a bunch of times. <gasps> Not sure which brother. She didn't drive away fast enough. No. So a neighbor ended up calling the police when they heard her car horn going off. Oh, my she God. had collapsed onto it. No. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awful. Okay, well, now I have a new complex pulling into my own driveway. Yeah, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Can't get away from it. So then on December 14th, the brothers broke into a home on Birchwood Drive, and there were five people inside named Brad Haka. He was 27. Heather Mueller, she was 25. Aaron Sander was 29. Jason Beffert was 26. And his girlfriend, who was 25. Oh, so this is like roomy situation. Yeah, I'm not sure that they all lived there, but, oh, okay. but they could have been roomies. And there was a dog. No! And the dog's name was Nikki. No! So the brothers rounded up all the people in the house, and then they robbed the house. Mm-hmm. They found an engagement ring that Jason was planning to <gasps> give to his girlfriend. Oh, my God. How fucked up is that? That sucks. Imagine being the girlfriend... And she's so like, she was there, and they come out like, oh, cool, I got an engagement ring. Like, oh, oh my God. that's so nice to that's hear. That's mine. <laughs> yeah, can I have it? I say yes. So then it gets pretty fucking bad. Oh, my God. So the brothers forced all five of the victims to strip naked and then no. bound them. No. And they repeatedly raped the women. <gasps> no! And forced the men to engage in sexual acts with the women. No! And the women with each other. Oh, my God. So pretty fucked up. I'm plugging my ears like that'll help. It oh won't my help. God. Then they took him to ATMs and had them empty their accounts, and they took the money that way. Uh-huh. They drove them all to a soccer field on the outskirts of town where they shot each one of them <gasps> in the back of the head, like, execution style, oh. one by one. Oh, my God. Why? You have everything. Just leave them right? alone. Just fucking go. Oh, my God. Then they drove... Because they had hijacked Jason's truck to do this. Uh-huh. They drove Jason's truck over their bodies <gasps> and left the scene. Why? Fucked up. Okay, first of all, I need to recap just a little bit. Okay. Because that's a lot of fucked up shit. Yeah. It's really weird to me. First of all, it's weird that they're killing people. But it's really weird to me that these brothers are making people do sexual acts together. Like, that's your fucking brother. You don't yeah. need to be doing that. Yeah. I'm sure they partook in sexual acts together because they raped the girls, right? Well, yeah, they're at least... Ugh, I don't want to think about that. Yeah! Like, yeah. why? That's fucking weird. That's gross. Yeah, that's your brother, dude. I don't know. Your dick should never be out in the same room if you're brothers. <laughs> unless you're taking a piss. The bathroom is the one exception. Say, unless you're taking a pick. And I was like, why? <laughs> Can you get the right angle for me? <laughs> uh. Unless uh-huh. you're taking a piss, and then you shouldn't be talking to each other. And if you are... No, and it's facing only... different ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a lot of rules in my head for dicks being out. Apparently. <laughs> without even owning one. <laughs> you're putting so many restrictions on them. Listen, if people are going to put restrictions on my bodies... <laughs> there you go. My we'll bodies. Putting them on them. <laughs> All right, if my titties have to stay in these uncomfortable bras, your dicks have to stay in your pants if you're in the same room as your brother. <laughs> I feel like it's a fair compromise. Hard rule. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's pretty fucked up. I just don't like God, it. God, those poor people. Yeah. So, fucking twist. Okay. Jason's girlfriend survived <gasps> being shot in the head. No. Because she was wearing a metal hair barrette. <gasps> and it deflected the bullet. 
Oh, what? shit. She had someone fucking watching over her ass yeah. that day. Oh, my God. Did they run her over, too? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. And that's the one that was going to propose to her, right? Yeah. <gasps> and it was her, fian- well, would-be fiance's <gasps> truck that ran <gasps> her over, too. That's so fucked up. So you just witnessed Did all she- of your friends and <gasps> your boyfriend would have been fiance oh my get killed god. and everybody gets run over oh god holy shit yeah the brothers went back to the house and they ransacked it some more okay and they went back to the fucking scene of the goddamn crime yep idiot plug your ears oh no 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 because there's a dog they beat the dog to death with a golf club why the dog cannot identify them right there is no reason to kill that dog why would they do it like that? I don't know. It's fucked up. Oh my god, that's like awful. what is going through a person's head at this point? Mm, I hate where you're it. like, this is the action that we should take. Oh, I fucking hate them. Yeah, there better be some awesome karma at the end of this goddamn story. So, I hope someone beats them with a fucking club. Right. During this time, Jason's girlfriend gets up and walks Ugh. naked. Oh, my God. To a house that was, like, a mile away. Holy it's shit. It's December in <gasps> Kansas. It's Ugh. snowing. Oh, my God. And one of the residents there saw her and called 911. So oh. she got rescued. Yeah. And she's alive. But... Oh, my God. She's like, uh, my whole fucking friend circle. Yeah. So the media picked up on the case pretty much right away. And a man who remembered seeing a truck that matched the description of Jason's truck he saw it parked in his apartment complex. Okay. And he called the police. Good. And then another resident of that apartment complex recognized one of the brothers as someone they had helped carry a large screen TV to their room. Oh, shit. What the fuck? That's okay. a TV they stole. Evidence. Yeah. So then... Exhibit A. <laughs> this TV. <laughs> <laughs> so then they went to this apartment complex and they arrested Reginald Carr. And he was identified by Andrew Schreiber, who was the first guy that the brothers had robbed. Okay, wait, how did the media or the police or whoever put out this notice to say, look for these people? How did they know who the people were, like the brothers? Oh, well, the media was looking for Jason's truck. Oh, oh, okay. And then so because of Jason's truck, the people was... were like, oh, I helped a guy with that truck. It was this guy. Yeah. So now they have oh. them identified. Okay. Okay, so then... During all this time, Jonathan Carr was sleeping at his girlfriend's house, and her mom came home and saw him on the couch and was like, nope. Get and, the fuck out. <laughs> yep. And calls 911. And he had Jason's engagement <gasps> ring with him. Stop it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, he wasn't gonna. I mean, he didn't get the chance to. Good. So he attempted to run, but was found by the police, like, shortly after. <laughs> was she like, I'm gonna call the police? Uh, probably. I can't oh. imagine her being quiet. Like, the fuck are you doing here? What a bad idea. <laughs> so then both brothers were identified in a lineup by Anne Walenta, who was the lady that they shot in her car. Oh, wait. She survived? Right before she succumbed to her injuries and died. Oh, my God. Yeah. How oh, fucked up. That's... But she got to identify them. So Thank that's, God. I mean, one last act of, like, vengeance, I guess. Oh, my God. So during the trial, a trauma surgeon reenacted the shooting of Ann Walenta, and apparently it was so graphic that one of the jurors fainted and had to go to the (gasps) hospital. Oh, shit. Yeah, I wouldn't be a good juror for that. No. I have a very overactive imagination. (laughs) Seriously, is this even good to have a podcast with you? No, it's really not. (laughs) Oh, man. 
So then Jason's girlfriend was able to testify against the men, and wow. they were convicted of multiple counts of kidnapping, robbery, rape, <gasps> four counts of capital murder, oh. one count of first-degree murder, and animal cruelty. Holy fucking shit. Right? According to Google. <laughs> <laughs> my sources tell me. Mm-hmm. My sources say first-degree murder is both intentional and premeditated, and capital murder is first-degree murder that is aggravated by special circumstances and can be punished by the death penalty. Okay. I had to Google that because I was like, why did they get four counts of capital murder and one count of first-degree murder? Like, that doesn't yeah, make like, any what's sense the difference? to me. Yeah, exactly. I don't know the difference in any of it. I'm actually learning a lot. I've learned a lot from doing this podcast, too. (laughs) So the four people in the home were capital murder, and Anne's was first-degree murder. Why the difference? Because they were in their home? I have no idea. Interesting. But there is one, apparently, because you can get the death penalty for it. Yeah. Good. So then the brothers were sentenced to death, as well as life in prison, in October of 2002. Mm -hmm. And then the laws in Kansas got a bit fucky. And was there some fuckery afoot? There was some fuckery afoot. <laughs> and in 2004, the Kansas Supreme Court overturned the state's death penalty no. law. And this means that the brothers and all the other inmates that were on death row moved back to, like, life in prison. Mm-hmm. Without the possibility of parole? I don't know. I would hope. I would hope so. If you were sentenced to death, I would hope that if you got moved to life in prison, you wouldn't get the yeah. possibility yeah. of parole. But I don't know that for a fact. But... The attorney general appealed it to the Supreme Court, and it was found constitutional. So the Carr brothers, and all the other inmates, were returned to death row. Oh, shit. Then, on... My God. (laughs) Yeah. Then, on July 25th, 2014, the Kansas Supreme Court overturned the death sentences against the Carr brothers because of trial judge error. Oh, come on. Yeah. And then the state attorney general appealed that to the high court. And in January of 2016, the U.S. Supreme Court reinstated the death penalty of the brothers. <laughs> Stop it. Seriously. What a fucking emotional roller coaster ride for these assholes. Fucking right. Imagine being Jason's girlfriend. I know. Like, they're That's on true. death row. From, like, no, the not. victim side. But how fucked up is that? So they're on death row again, but... Oh, my gosh. I think they're still alive. How long I does it... Because I didn't see anywhere that they had been executed, but... Yeah. How long does it take on death row? It takes a while, right? I know it takes a really long time. Yeah. Unless you live know. in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Then they're just, like, express lanes. <laughs> they're like, uh, did you say yes? Because the needle's in his arm. <laughs> well, hope we got the warrant on that one. I pushed the plunger. Sorry. <laughs> God. Yeah. But that's it. So Fuck. they're still on death row. God and damn. Also... Holy shit. My mom used to wear those hair braids all the time. She did. She would have lived. <laughs> right? Like, I don't know, man. What if she hadn't put that in that morning? How what? fucked up. This podcast is going to give us so many complexes. Like, Seriously. we're going to have fucking metal barrettes all over our hair. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> or what if they shoot from this side? <laughs> Just walk around with a goddamn Kevlar vest and helmet. <laughs> How, like, one in a million, though. That's insane. To be able to survive that. That's <gasps> fucking crazy. And then to be run over by a car. Oh, yeah, yeah. That poor girl. No. Ugh. That's awful. God yeah. damn. God damn, Melissa. <laughs> yeah. God damn, Melissa. You made me read that. That's been in my head, and I haven't been able to wait to share that with you because I want it out of my head and yeah. into your head. Yeah, thanks. You're thanks. welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you got for me. <laughs> yeah. Also, how fucking random it was. Yeah, that's like, the they scariest part. Like, they didn't plan any of this. That is what scares me the most. Yeah. That's crazy. That's so crazy to me. I, that's like my worst nightmare come no, true to be like thank you 
oh, you've done literally nothing wrong, and these people come in. Oh, you're minding your own business? Mm, let me just fuck up your world real Not quick. today. Yeah. Mm, assholes. As I have fucking SWAT outside my house. Apparently, I'm living next to some pretty seedy characters. Yeah, but... pointing guns at your husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, man. Goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn. All right. You ready for my goddamn story? I have never been more ready for anything in my life. Well, not my goddamn story, but my goddamn murder story. Oh, I'm ready for your goddamn murder story. All right. Well, let me tell it to you. All right. Lay it on me. Okay, so my story is about Rex Allen Krebs. Rex? Rex. Good name. This is actually the second killer that had the name Rex that I've covered. Oh. And both were listener suggestions. <gasps> so this is a listener suggestion. This is from Megan Garib. Sorry if I said your last name wrong. Garib. Yeah. Garib. Garib? Garib. Maybe it's Garib. 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 What up, Megan? Okay, so this all takes place in Megan's hometown of San Luis Obispo in 1998. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that's not too far from us. No, it's not. By the way, I love slow. (laughs) We went there for a wedding, like, I don't know, four years ago or whatever. That place is so fucking beautiful. Okay, so November 12th, 1998... Rachel Newhouse, who was a 20-year-old junior at Cal Poly University. Oh, okay. uh, She was out having drinks with her friends at a local bar and grill that was called Tortilla Flats. Ooh, sounds bomb. I know. I don't know if it's still there, but goddamn, I want some tortillas. <laughs> I want some fucking <laughs> chips and salsa. I'm pregnant. I, I want anything. <laughs> have salsa downstairs. Oh, Homemade. my God. Yeah. What, maybe fucking intermission. We're going to get down on some chips and salsa. Yeah. Okay, so the friends arrive at about 11 p.m. at the bar and grill. Uh, first of all, Every I know time. I've said this before. <laughs> Every it's so time. late to go out. <laughs> Every time. That's because we go, like, right as the bar opens. <laughs> if you get there before 7, it's free cover. <laughs> <laughs> and then we stay, like, well past the closing. Like, yeah. the lights come on, and we're like, oh, fuck. Why can home. I see everyone now? <laughs> I know, but it always feels like it goes so fast. It does. So you're right. 11 is far too late. Yeah. Anyway... <laughs> At midnight, Rachel and her roommate were seen outside of the women's restroom, mm-hmm. and it seemed like they were kind of in, like, a heated argument or something. Oh, shit. This is her roomie? Yeah, her roomie. Okay. She's probably like, why did we get here so late? Yeah. I didn't even have that much time to dance oh, or wow. eat tortillas. <laughs> That's probably exactly what they're arguing about. That's what I would argue about. <laughs> I'm not fucking ready to leave in two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many more tortillas to eat. Stop the time. (laughs) That's what I have you around for. Yeah. Okay, so Rachel was visibly upset and drunk and decided to walk a two-mile walk home alone. God damn it. So she was, like, so pissed about the time (laughs) that she decided to go home alone. That is an awful idea, ladies. Terrible idea. And men. Yeah. Mostly ladies. All of her friends claim that this wasn't like her and it wasn't, like, in the plans for the night for her to walk home or anything mm-hmm. like they must have had rides or some shit and she had never done this before but evidently this night she got drunk she got pissed and she left i would do that that's I, not far-fetched i was gonna say that's fucking me on fucking 10 o'clock news being like aaron would never do that aaron would never leave us but i've chased your ass down <laughs> the fucking street as you're pissed leaving and i'm like why yeah. are we mad at that we're having fun <laughs> yeah. so i guess it isn't that far-fetched but luckily, not to throw shade on Rachel's friends, but luckily you have good friends who chase after you. <laughs> That's true. I do. Or you have me. <laughs> I have you mostly, but I have other good friends that'll be like, hey, go get Stacey. Erin's <laughs> exactly. off her goddamn rocker again. <laughs> you can hate me all you want, but yeah. I'm going to drag your ass with me. Seriously. We're getting murdered together. Or fucking follow her. Like, if she's mad, just walk behind her. Yeah. They didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. The next day, Rachel was due for work at a local brewery and she never shows up also she wasn't home when her roommates got home and shit 
So they get concerned and they call the police. <sighs> I don't like this already. The roommates didn't come home and they're like, oh, she left before us and then didn't fucking show up. We're going to call the police. You didn't, they didn't call the police. They like waited till morning and she they waited her- till she didn't show up at work. And then her work people were probably like, where is she? And they're like, oh shit. Oh shit. Where is she? Uh, maybe like her door was shut and they thought she was sleeping or something. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So I would still check on you. Like, uh, hey, you cool? You throwing up in a bucket? You need me to put your hair up? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I'd put a trash can by your head. Yeah. You want some water? Here's some warm ass Gatorade. Yeah. Because <laughs> I forgot to put it in the fridge. God damn. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> okay. So the police retrace her steps for that night and they find that at some point on her walk home she would have had to make a decision to either continue on to the road that she was on to get mm-hmm. to her home or she would have to cross a footbridge okay. which if you live in san luis obispo it was the jennifer street bridge and this bridge i guess crossed over some railroad tracks for pedestrians mm-hmm. footbridge is always kind of seem sketch to me yeah like oh this fenced in area that's the size of an alley i'm gonna walk over yeah, but not uh. sketch enough that you wouldn't cross one when you're drunk, because we used to cross Little Murder Bridge every time we'd go drinking at That's the local true. bar. <laughs> also, I'm real brave when I'm drunk. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. not good. But, I mean, I had a pocket knife in my boot. <laughs> yeah, that we totally would have gotten out. <laughs> it said, mean bitch, <laughs> on the knife. <laughs> it did. Okay, so so they check out both paths. And as the police go and investigate the bridge, they find a large amount of pooled blood at the top of the bridge. Ooh. And they also find blood trailing down the stairs of the bridge no. into the parking lot. No. And then the trail just stops. Oh, God. Into the parking lot? Yeah. No. Yeah. So investigators test the blood, which this is like in the 90s, right? Yeah, 98. So DNA tests took a little while to come back, like a couple weeks. It wasn't yeah. like 24 hours. But they do determine that it's Rachel's DNA. Oh, God. So the blood amount on the bridge was like a significant amount, but it wasn't enough to indicate that she had died on the bridge. Okay. It's just that she was really injured. And the investigators suspect that Rachel was attacked on the bridge and then brought down the stairs and put into her abductor's vehicle and then taken to a second location. That's fucked up. Yeah. And that's like why the blood trail stopped. That's fucked up. Because that's where the person was parked. I don't like it. I know. So, after interviewing... Uh, a, what yeah. fucking person is parking in a parking lot next to a footbridge and then walking up onto the footbridge? Like, you have a fucking vehicle person. Yeah, you don't need to be on a footbridge. Yeah, you're just going up there for nefarious activities. Indubitably. I don't like it. After interviewing everyone that the police could find to interview and processing the crime scene, investigators had zero leads as to who could have done this to Rachel. No. And they couldn't find Rachel either. There had already been a string of abductions in San Luis Obispo, so the police were, like, getting worried that they had a serial attacker on their hands, and they were like, fuck, man, we gotta, like, figure this shit out. (laughs) Because a similar disappearance had occurred two years prior, in 1996, when another Cal Poly student named Kristen Smart had attended a party by herself. I guess she had, like, kept trying to get her friends to go with her to this party, but they all wouldn't go. And so she went by herself, and she got too drunk, and at 2 a.m., she was passed out on the front lawn. Oh, God. Sounds like a fun party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two of the party goers saw that she was too drunk and, like, crashed on the front lawn, and so they decided to help her walk back towards campus where her dorm was. Mm-hmm. And along the way, they run into a fellow Cal Poly student, and his name was Paul Flores, a.k.a. Chester the Molester. That was oh, his good. fucking nickname. 
and they were like you're in good hands well i guess paul convinced chester <laughs> i don't know how this re- like your name isn't even fucking close to chester well probably because he's a fucking creep and people were like <laughs> yeah. you know rhymes and molester chester call <laughs> well, him that because yeah. he molests people <laughs> yep that's exactly what they did so paul convinces the other two people that he'll take care of Kristen from here like i got it from here god and, that's fucked up and they were like but they probably didn't know that was his nickname i right? guess maybe i don't know Everything just said, like, he was known as Chester the Molester. And I'm like, mm. But if I were, like, here to walk someone home, I'd follow it through. Yeah, I don't think I would, like, pass off the no. torch. I don't think I would. I Especially guess to a dude. I guess if you're drunk, too, though. Maybe. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, because it was the two, the couple, like, taking her home. It was a guy who had found her on the lawn. Mm-hmm. And then he enlisted, like, his friend of a, that was a chick. Like, mm-hmm. hey, can you help me? Because there's this drunk girl. Yeah. <laughs> Which is smart on the guy. Yeah, you don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. Okay, so they let Chester the Molester take Kristen, and that was the last time that she was ever seen. Oh, my God. So the police send cadaver dogs to search the campus, and the cadaver dogs hit on Paul's dorm uh-huh. room and on his mattress. Oh, no. And Paul denies ever knowing anything about Kristen's disappearance, and he gets himself a lawyer who advises him to practice his fifth amendment right to like you know not yeah. fucking say shit and he won't answer any of the questions for the cops so there's like a bunch of interviews and they're like hey do you know what happened and he's like i'm gonna exercise my fifth amendment right and wave whatever you know not talk yeah so the cops never had anything to charge paul with Kristen's disappearance or anything and the case just went cold so two years ago this thing happened and paul was never charged so he was still out and around paul was never charged he's still walking around and everyone's like hey remember two years ago how this exact same thing happened it's fucking chester the molester maybe yeah. we should like go check him out he probably fucking took rachel yeah and so the san luis obispo police are like uh we can't link this to him in any way they like interview him and everything and they can't link it and they can't figure out who the fuck did it and so they're like yo fbi we need a little help so they call in the fbi mm-hmm. and they want to get a psychological profile on the kind of guy that they should be looking for or dealing with to see like does this profile match with paul does who should we even be looking for like what kind of guy would do this yeah so which have- awesome job I would I love to do that. I know. I feel like I would speculate too wildly, though, that I might lead them in the wrong direction. I feel like every person that I profiled would be like, he's 30 to 40, a loner. <laughs> Probably has a mustache. lives with his parents or alone. He likes butter pecan ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it would just all be the same guy. Like, <laughs> he thinks he's Burt Reynolds. He has 80s glasses. <laughs> the round ones. <laughs> A bowl cut and a mustache. yellow. Yeah. <laughs> he wears button-up shirts. Short sleeve. To the sleeve. neck. <laughs> yeah. He is Dwight. <laughs> he has a beet farm. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. And they'd be like, that's what you said for the last one. And I'd be like, did you find him? Yeah. It's probably the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the FBI comes in, and they say that likely it's a male, and it was a sexual attack, and... I mean, they don't have any evidence of this, but they're saying, like, the two women who were abducted and everything, it's probably sexually related, like, yeah. motivated. And maybe he's, like, a drug or alcohol abuser because of the risk that he took, like, in attacking Rachel in On public. bridge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, like, if you were in your right mind, you would have fucking planned that a little better and not in public. Or so. just, like, not done it. But Yeah, yeah. yeah that too. Either way. Um, he didn't kill her right away, so likely you're dealing with, like, a sexual sadist. And so he committed the crime. But also, uh, that much blood, he might have, she might have been knocked out and he might have thought she was dead. 
Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But they were thinking, like, okay, he, like, wants to rape this girl, so he, like, knocks her out and then takes her to, Home. like, needs some privacy now. Yeah. And so he takes him, her away so that he can do his fucking dirty stuff. Yeah. Deed. While this investigation is going on for Rachel's disappearance, and they don't have any leads, but they get this, like, FBI profile, right? So they're mm-hmm. looking around. It's four months after Rachel's disappearance, and another woman goes missing. No! Yes. So this is a 20-year-old woman named Andrea Crawford, and she was a devoted student who got amazing grades and loved animals, and she never partied, and she lived, like, a really low-risk lifestyle. She was just, like, a good little student. No! Yep. And on March 11th, 1999, Andrea was studying in her room of her apartment where she lived alone. Oh, fuck. Yep. This is where the complex comes in. Yeah, seriously. Get roommates, people. So Apparently, she, we can have to wear metal barrettes and never live alone. <laughs> I'm good with that. Yeah. I could live my life like that happily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes to bed, and she's awoken by the sound of a crash, and her cat letting out this, like, god-awful meow that sounded like a fucking scream or something. Oh, God. And so she realizes that the sound is coming from her bathroom, and she goes to investigate, like, what the fuck is this? She goes in the bathroom like and is immediately attacked and knocked <gasps> unconscious. No. And then taken from her apartment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was there a window in the bathroom? I'll tell you. Okay. The following day, Andrea's mom was trying to get in contact with her and couldn't get a hold of her. So she called the police and was like, hey, can you go check on my daughter? Because she's not answering her phone. I can't get a hold of her. Can you do a wellness check? Yeah. The police go in and Andrea's not answering her door or anything. So they break into the apartment and it looks like the apartment is untouched. Like, no scuffle or anything happened until they go into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And that's where they find a small two-foot by six-inch bathroom window had been, like, broken into. It was wide open. And Andrea's blood was splattered in various locations in the bathroom. Oh, my like God. Like, a struggle had taken place there. No! Yeah. A two-foot by six-inch window? Yeah, like the tiny bathroom window that you feel like you could leave open and no one could ever get in there. So, yeah, whatever. Yeah, for sure. And I think they said it was, like, 10 feet off the ground or something. So oh you feel God. like it's high enough that you're like, yeah, you'd need a fucking chair or something. What a fucking crazy person. Right? So they search her place, and they find that two pillowcases were missing. A bunch of VHSs and cassettes and a VCR was missing. That's weird. Along with Andrea's car keys, which had a magic eight ball keychain. Uh-huh. They were missing as well. Okay. So they find Andrea's car in the, in the parking lot, and in there is her purse. So it's clear to investigators that she wasn't, like, a runaway. and yeah. And the person didn't take her car then. They didn't take her car, but they took her keys. And so they thought maybe that her abductor had taken her keys as kind of like a trophy. Oh, it's fucked up. Yeah. Because it's such an odd thing. Like, okay, VCRs and cassettes, maybe they're, like, fucking selling them on the black market in fucking 99. But <laughs> In the swap meets. Yeah, yeah. But the random car keys and not taking the car, they were like, that's odd. That's a trophy. Yeah. Especially if it had a keychain on it. Yeah. All right, I got to get rid of all my keychains. <laughs> yeah, you have some pretty fucking unique ones. Too. I have a lot of keychains. <laughs> so, and like one key. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon won't carry my keys. It's like, it's like a goddamn janitor. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, God. So all the cases involved like very similar victim profiles of young college students who even looked similar. And yeah. Ew. Was so, he like stalking her? So all the evidence was pointing towards, like, a serial attacker. Oh, I don't like it. And the pressure was on for the cops to, like, get this guy before he struck again. 
right? Because people are freaking the fuck out right now. Yeah. So the police or the DA, I don't know which one, they put out a notice or publish an article or something like that stating the similarities of the cases and the profile of their quote-unquote guy. Mm -hmm. You know, like, "Mm, we're looking for this person, saying likely the perpetrator has a history of attacking women and abusing drugs. Mm -hmm. And they also think that he keeps trophies of his victims like the eight ball keychain so they're like look out for this guy because this sounds like a serial thing here's his habits that you would be looking for if you have a case similar to this let us know that's scary crazy right so a local parole officer his name is david saragossa he heard of the missing women cases and immediately thought of his parolee 33 year old rex allen krebs Oh, Jesus. I guess Rex had a history of violence towards women and had served time for two specific incidences of terrorizing women 12 years prior. He had served time already? Yes. And that's why he was on parole. Yeah. Why would you let these people out on parole? I'll tell you why. If at one point you're like, that sounds just like this guy who's on parole. That person (laughs) should never be on parole. I agree. So here's what happened. Okay. On May 24th, 1987, so this is what happened 12 years prior to get Rex in prison. Okay. Or jail or wherever the fuck he went for this shit. Shelly Crosby, a 21-year-old divorced mother, came out to a restaurant and she passed Rex on the street when she was heading home. And he tried to get her attention, like cat called at her or whatever, and she ignored him. And mm-hmm. this pissed Rex off. And so he... That's so fucking scary. I know. I know. Yep. You know how many people I've ignored in my life? I know. Because it's fucking scary. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So she ignores him. This pisses him off. So he follows her home. And I guess Shelly's kids were like with a sitter or something and her roommate wouldn't be back till 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So this isn't a good sign. No. Shelly walks into her empty house and goes to bed while Rex decides to wait outside in his car for 45 minutes. Okay. She didn't know she had been followed. No, she had no idea. Oh, what a fucking creep. Yeah. Later, Shelly was woken by Rex because he had put her his fucking hand over her mouth. Nope. And she says that, like, okay, she could smell, like, a lot of cigarettes and booze and everything. Oh, I hate it. And she felt a blade against her <gasps> neck. No. Yeah. And so he tied her up and raped her repeatedly. Oh, fuck that. Until he heard the roommate's car return. So this is like hours, right? Oh, my God. He leaned over her and whispered in her ear, have a nice day. And then he fled. What a fucking creep. I'm going to throw up everywhere. Okay. So, oh, gives me the heebie-jeebies. It really does. I really don't like rape. And we've done a lot of rape cases lately. So I don't know that anyone does. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so three weeks later, Anishka Constantine was sleeping in her home next to her seven-year-old daughter in bed. No. When she was awoken by a crash. And Rex was in her room. So he pointed a screwdriver at the edge of her eye. Just fucked up. And was like, I'm gonna rape you. I don't know what he said, but, you know, intentions, you get it. Mm -hmm. You know what's happening. It was the implication. Yep. And so the seven-year-old started freaking the fuck out naturally. Yeah. And Anishka offers money or anything that the guy wants. Like, just leave us alone. Take my money. Take whatever you want. Please, just don't hurt us. Yeah. And Rex replied, I want you. Ew. Yeah. And so Anishka tells her seven-year-old daughter to hide under the bed, like, while the shit's going on. Oh, my God. I would at least send her to the bathroom. I know. 
Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about it. Anyway, so while the seven-year-old's under the bed, she finds a phone under there. Oh, shit. And she tries to call 911, but the phone is fucking dead. No. But this is like nine or 80-something, so I'm imagining it's not a cell phone. It must yeah. be like a, a landline. So yeah. did he cut the line or something? <gasps> I don't know. Why would there be a hooked-up landline under the bed, though? I was it thinking was maybe it like... was like on the nightstand and got knocked over or something. Oh. I was thinking, like, it was probably the old one, and they just pushed it under the bed to be like, that's where we store stuff. Maybe. Oh, that poor little girl. Yeah. Okay, so Rex started to unzip Anishka's pants, and she convinces Rex that they should go into another room because of the seven-year-old daughter. And as they're walking in the hall, she sees a knife on his belt loop, and she fucking swats it off of him. She's like, ha And, like, flings the knife off. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I have some pretty sweet moves over here. Yeah. I reenacted it. Yeah, you did. Um, There's like karate coming out of nowhere. <laughs> you don't even want to see my high kick. <laughs> so Damn, just, good on her though. I'd yeah. be fucking terrified. Okay. I don't know that I'd have like the fucking gut steady hands. Uh, yeah. To pull off a procedure like that. Yeah. No, I wouldn't either. I'd be like, Yeah. <laughs> screw myself more. And then he'd be like, why did you hit me? Like, Jesus, do you have epilepsy? <laughs> I don't even want you anymore. <laughs> Okay, so they struggle for the knife because she knocks it off onto the ground. They struggle for it, and she gets it. Oh, my God. And she stabs at him. <gasps> but it hits him right where his belt buckle is, and it doesn't stab through. Son of a bitch. <gasps> That's my worst nightmare. And so Rex gets pissed and starts hitting her over the head, oh like God. onto the wall, like hitting her head onto the wall. Yeah. And somehow she manages to escape him. Oh, my God. And runs outside and gets her neighbor's attention. Jesus. And so Rex obviously flees, but Anishka and her daughter got a good enough look at him that they could positively ID him in a lineup. So that's how he got caught. And, and then they were like, yeah, parole is fine. Oh, here it comes. Okay. So he admits to the rape of Shelly and the attempted rape of Anishka. How fucking awesome is it that she didn't get raped? Yeah, seriously. Oh my God. Okay, anyway, so, and in exchange, he got a plea deal where he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Okay. I was going to say his motherfucker better not have gotten off, but. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I feel like someone should stab his eyes out and cut his penis off, but 20 years. Okay, I'll okay. take it. Okay, yeah. So, after a 10-year stint, he was released on parole for good behavior and because the prisons were too full. Oh, so my God. So, they were like, God. he's a model prison inmate, so we're gonna let him go that's we don't have any up. room for him so this is where the parole officer david saragossa he was assigned to rex because yeah. he's on parole right you know why he was a model prisoner is because there was no one there to rape yep 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 isn't that's that something up. i don't like it maybe you should consider the crime before you consider if he's model or not like oh yeah. this person keeps torturing animals but he hasn't tortured animals in 10 years since he's been here well yeah because it's prison and there's no animals exactly anyway yeah okay so the parole officer is all suspicious of rex and he decides to pay him a surprise visit at his home because he's like, mm, this matches your fucking profile. Yeah. Let me see what the fuck you're doing over here. So when he gets to Rex's home, he finds Rex wearing a back brace around his ribs and he's in pain. Mm -hmm. And Rex said that he had fallen off a four foot retaining wall into a pile of wood. Like, I guess he had firewood stacked around this wall. Okay. But the parole officer didn't see any other injuries like scratches or anything on his arm to indicate that he had fallen into firewood. Like, you'd yeah. be scratched up a little bit or something. And the officer had recalled, like, obviously he's recounting this later, but he had recalled that as a kid, he would get locked out of his own home sometimes and he would have to, like, break into his own house. And he would always do it through this small window. 
And every time he would do it, he would always hurt his ribs squishing through. Ooh. So he was like, hey, this case had a bathroom window. You're saying your ribs hurt. You're saying it's because of this other injury. I don't see anything to corroborate your story. So this fucked up. Yeah. So. Good on this fucking cop, though. Dude, right? He's crushing officer. Give this guy a raise. Seriously. So the officer passes along his concern to the sexual predator unit. I guess they have one of those. Okay. <laughs> and they go and investigate Rex. And they pay him a surprise visit, and they search his home. And they don't really find anything from, like, the missing women. But they do find some BBs. And Rex admits to owning a BB gun, which violates his parole. Okay. There's, like, a little more to the story. They, like, find the BBs, and he says, oh, yeah, I have a gun at work. And then they, like, ransack his work a couple days later, and they find the BB gun. Mm -hmm. And so then they arrest him because you're not allowed to have a fucking BB gun. Okay. And after they arrest him, they search his home for a second time. And that's when they, like, do a deeper search. Yeah. And they find Andrea's stolen VHS tapes and a wooden box with receipts from a lumberyard that he worked at. And on those receipts had, like, women's names and addresses. (gasps) And these women were, like, customers of the lumberyard. So it must have been, like, he got their addresses through their, like, system, you know? Yeah. And also, they find Andrea's eight ball keychain. No. Yep. So when they search in a crawl space under his house or under his porch or wherever the fuck his crawl space was located, uh-huh. uh, they find a truck jump seat, like a removable seat from the back of a truck. Okay. Like cab area, you know, those like foldy uppy ones that yeah, yeah, suck. Yeah, the little ones. Yeah. So they find one of those and it has blood on it. So they like send it to the lab to get it analyzed to see whose DNA it is. Yeah. And it tests positive as Rachel Newhouse's. Oh, Which fuck. is the first girl, the drunk girl that was walking home. Yeah. Over the footbridge. So when he was interrogated, Rex eventually admits to the murders of both Rachel and Andrea, and he gives the details on how he did it. Oh, my God. So the night that Rachel Newhouse was walking home from the bar, alone and drunk, he was driving in his truck after having six fucking shots of whiskey. Okay. And first of all, shouldn't drive drunk. Yeah. Second of all, shouldn't do anything else like attack women. Yeah. Can you just stay home and drink if yeah. you're going to be a fucking asshole about it? Yeah, crazy <laughs> alcoholic. If you're going to be a dick, can you just stay home, please? <laughs> so he saw her, he saw Rachel walking as she was heading for, like, the footbridge and everything. And he could tell that she was, like, drunk. I guess she was stumbling. Yeah. And so he decided to pull ahead and parked his truck in the parking lot. And he grabbed a fucking scream mask. <gasps> First of all, who has that in their truck? But you know those, like, melty yeah. skeleton-looking face ones? I was yeah. like, ah! Anyway, uh... Well, this is, like, when fucking Scream came out, that, isn't it? It was. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so he had a Scream mask, and he put it on, and he waited for her on the goddamn bridge. That's fucked up, right? I would shit myself. I would fucking shit myself so hard. Ugh, that's Ugh. poor fucking girl. Yeah, so he saw her coming, gets up on the bridge ambushes her when she shows up and beats her in the face until she's knocked out and then he puts her in the back of the cab of the truck and ties up her hands oh god and then he takes her to the second location like he pulls over to some remote area to tie up her legs Mm -hmm. i don't know why he did it later because she wasn't awake yet or anything and so then he decides to take her to this abandoned a-frame cabin Uh that wasn't too far from his home where she eventually regains consciousness and he untied her legs and raped her. 
and shoved her underwear in her mouth and then like tied a rope around it and like hogtied her and shit oh fuck i don't like it i know and then left her tied up i should have put like a massive fucking trigger warning that this is about rape but i that's like probably the most detailed i'm not going into fucking rape details anyway so he leaves her there and he goes home and then that's awful he leaves her there yeah and then I, well, she was alive. Yeah, and he's like, "I'll fucking come back in the morning." I don't know what his goddamn plans were. Oh my god! I remember reading somewhere that he came back like twenty minutes later or a short time later. Like he was like, oh, "I just can't leave her there," and so he went back. So I don't think he waited till morning or anything. Supposedly it was like fucking I don't know, not that long later. He comes back to her, and when he returns, he says that he found her dead because she had died from like trying to escape and ended up strangling herself with the oh fucking ropes he had tied on her oh my god so i don't know if she was those ropes were tied to something also well it was probably like if you hog tie and then to your neck or something like if you were to put your legs straight i read a book it was a bad book okay so it explains how that would happen yeah oh god okay so that happened and so he took her body and buried her in a grassy knoll on his property. On his fucking property. Mm, that's fucked up. On his property. This poor fucking girl. I know. So as for Andrea Crawford, the lady in the apartment, he had staked her out specifically. Like, I'm going for her for some reason. Yeah. And he had cased her apartment four to five times before he had actually attacked her. That's this isn't just creepy. a drunk whim. No, 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 no. This was very planned. And so he waited for her to go to sleep and put pantyhose over his face to, like, distort how he looked. Ugh, I don't like it. That's I know. so fucking creepy. I know. And then when he saw that she had gone to sleep, he began checking all of the windows and doors to see if they were unlocked. Mm-hmm. And all of them were locked except for that small two-foot, six-inch bathroom window, which he opened and decided to squeeze into. But he hurt himself doing so. Exactly how that parole officer had said that Jesus. he remembered doing as a kid. He, like, hurt himself. And so Rex crashed to the ground as he was, like, climbing in. And that's the noise that woke Andrea. And the cat screeched because it was in the bathroom. And it was like, what the fuck is this? Like, scared Seriously. the shit out of the cat. So Rex attacked her right when she came in until she was, like, knocked out. Like, just started beat. Like, he didn't. I couldn't find anything that he brought a weapon. It was like he just beat the shit out of these people. Oh, my God. And he worked in construction, so he was, like, strong. And the I'll put a picture up on our website, but there's one where he's, like, posing, and he's got a lot of fucking muscles. So oh. you don't want to get hit by this guy. I'm sure what it doesn't take creep. much. So he attacks her until she's knocked out, and then he hogties her and put duct tape over her mouth and grabbed the two pillowcases and filled one with all the VHS and shit that he stole. Yeah. And then he put the other over Andrea's head. And then he throws her over her shoulder, which I don't know how you do that when you hogtie someone. And he takes her to his truck. And on the way out the door, he sees her keychain and grabs the eight ball keychain as a trophy. He admits to doing that. Like, I did that because this was, like, my my conquest, my like, what I was going to save. That's fucked up. It's so gross. It's so gross. Also, how... Two questions before I go any further. How can you knock someone out, throw them over your shoulder, and take them to your car twice, and not one person saw this shit? Seriously. And not one person was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Well, I guess it was the middle of the night, though. Yeah. And if she didn't, like, have a chance to scream or anything, neighbors might not have heard. Oh, my God. But it was an apartment complex? Yeah. 
or it might have been a condo. It was some sort of the like kind of tight quarter livings, though. Yeah. Okay, so he brings her back to his house, where he rapes and sodomizes her repeatedly uh. until he gets tired, and then he goes downstairs and falls asleep on the couch and leaves her tied up on the bed. That's fucked up. But she's alive still. So she manages to escape her restraints, but she doesn't have her glasses or her contacts in, so she can't see shit. Oh, no. And so she's coming down the stairs, and she makes a noise, and it wakes up Rex, who's on the couch just downstairs. And he's like, oh, fuck, she's seen my face. Now I have to kill her. (gasps) And so he grabs a rope and strangles her to death. Oh, my God. That's fucking terrible. So She hadn't seen him, though, because she was... She can't see. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right, man. Dude. Oh, that's awful. It's so awful. So Rex buried Andrea 20 feet from his goddamn bedroom window in his yard. What a fucking creep. That's so creepy. All right. So he was sent to trial because this guy did all the shit, right? Yeah. And he admitted to it in the interrogation. So he was sent to trial. And on May 11th, 2001, he was sentenced to death. And he is currently on death row in California's San Quentin State Prison. California has death penalty? I guess so. I had no idea. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's like one of those, like, we've taken it away and we've given it back so many times that we just don't know where it stands anymore. Yeah. Maybe it's grandfathered in. (laughs) It's fucking Verizon Wireless for prisoners. (laughs) Um, excuse me, I want unlimited data. (laughs) We'll grandfather you in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Okay, so so our listener, Megan, who suggested the case, mm-hmm. she said that she lived in Slow at the time that Rex had worked in construction and shit. Fuck that. And that the dude worked on the house of a guy she was dating at the time. <gasps> like, she would come visit her boyfriend, and there would be Rex hammering away. Like, no! Yeah, what the fuck? And he also lived, like, really close to a family that she used to babysit for like in the same fucking canyon or some shit and so she was like i could have been one of those girls that's so fucked up isn't that crazy he saw your face oh my god he saw your face megan he saw your face megan that's so creepy well we're glad that he didn't get you yeah obviously (laughs) fuck man they didn't get anyone else but especially you megan Fuck. Anyway, that's my goddamn story. God damn. Fuck, man. God, that is so scary. I don't like these rape ones, guys. No. But that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I guess she had also said that one of the victims that he had, because I'm sure there was a lot more victims than what he admitted to. Or yeah, anything, of course. Because there was like a slew of this shit going on. But one of the victims that he had singled out, he found her through his work. Like he had done, like installed a skylight or some shit at her house. God. And then that's how he, like, was, was like, like, that's I'm going to get her. I didn't find that in anything, but maybe Megan remembers that from, like, fucking news reports when it was actually happening. Oh how God. terrifying. What if, like, all of a sudden on the news it was like, there's a serial rapist right in your neighborhood? No. Yeah, fuck that shit. No. That's why I have Carl. Carl's so dangerous. Yeah. He's so sleepy right now. He is a sleepy boy. Anyway. God, that's fucking terrifying. That's going to give me nightmares. I know, man. And then, okay, so I was a single mom yesterday because Lee wasn't around. And so going to bed, because I had just researched this the night before, going to bed, I was like, uh, there better not be fucking someone hiding in my house or staking outside my house. I was like walking around making sure all the goddamn windows were locked. Seriously. Ooh, freaky. Have all your blinds closed all day. Yeah. Then we have one of those, like, keypad 
entry into your house thingy, beep, beep, bloop, bleep, you know, yep. to, to open the door. <laughs> and so the whole time I'm laying in bed, I'm like, did I just hear it? Is someone trying to figure out the code? Like, I was tripping myself oh, out God. so bad. That really should have been my goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, I am safe. Yeah. Well, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know what I would do without you. Yeah, I know. Oh! <gasps> what? We... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were on the same page because you looked as excited as me. We have a goddamn this week. A we listener do have goddamn. a goddamn. <gasps> let's do it. Oh, my God. Let's I'm fucking so excited. do it. And then let's listen to the goddamn. Yeah. Joke never gets old. <laughs> so this week's goddamn is brought to us by Stuart Walker. <gasps> Isn't he in the UK? Isn't He's that in the said? fucking UK. Are oh you excited? Oh, my God. I hope there's an accent. <laughs> okay, I don't know why you said it like that, creeper. Because I'm a creep. <laughs> you are a creep. Not as much as the creeps in our fucking podcast, no, but. No, You just saved everybody from me singing another song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Stuart Walker, one of our newest listeners, and we're so fucking pumped to hear your goddamn. I said goddamn. <laughs> oh my god, it's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's the most beautiful goddamn ever. God. I love it. I fucking love these. We need more of these people. We really do. They literally make my life complete. I Holy know. shit. That was awesome, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. Welcome to the fucking club. Yeah. Stu. Can we call you Stu? He probably <laughs> fucking hates that. <laughs> He's like, no, I'll kill you. <laughs> I'll kill you. That's my name is Stuart. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, You are amazing. Yes. Thank you so yeah. much. And now we have more listeners, so maybe some other people will also be amazing and send them in. Yes, please. Guys. Yes. I'm and looking gals. at you. Mostly I'm talking at you. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have a captive fucking audience. Yeah. Ha <laughs> suckers. Also, we should. We haven't had shout outs in forever. We should give a couple shout outs. Oh, we should. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot on Twitter. You guys are fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, Josh P. Yeah, what's up, Josh? Yes, Josh P. from fucking Twitter. You rock. Yeah, you do. Hell yeah, you rock. Ernesto. What's up, dude? What's up? And Brazen Lisa. What's up, girl? Shayna from Twitter. Oh, what's up, Shayna? These people are fucking awesome. They're all fucking binging and then tweeting at us, and we love it. Hell yeah. Ooh, and we got Facebook peeps. Belle. Oh, my God. I love her name. <laughs> oh, I can't even. Okay, I can say her last name. Belle Dombrowski. 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 That's how I would I should say. be able to say it because my last name has a ski at the end, too. <laughs> yeah. But hell yeah, Belle. Welcome to the club. I love your name. <laughs> like, Stacey's I obsessed. loved. I want to have a baby girl so I can name her Belle. Oh, but you're going to have a boy. Look, there she goes, the girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't sing Beauty and the Beast. Please stop. Or will I? <laughs> That's her jam. Summer Woods. Yeah. Stephanie Barrios. We got some awesome reviews on iTunes. Wacky and then a bunch of numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I won't read them all off. And Spooky Mitch. It's oh. probably Spooky Mike? Michelle? Spooky Mish? Spooky Mish. Spooky Mish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've been getting reviews and you guys are so awesome. Yes. And please rate and review us some more. We yes, love yes, seeing yes, them. Yes, yes, yes. If we missed anyone, it's not because we don't fucking love you to death. It's because we didn't write this shit down as it was happening and now we're trying to go back through history and remember and we suck at life that's true <laughs> but if we didn't shout you out and you feel you deserve it you just fucking send us another email and we will make sure that you get your goddamn shout out mm -hmm. or a handwritten letter Ooh, <laughs> to p.o box 2764 spring valley california 91979 mm -hmm. and is it samantha that's gonna send us something she said she 
mailed us so. something. I, I think so too. I'm on the lookout, girl. Ooh, girl. Yeah. Get it. You Ooh. best believe. Also, follow us on social media. We're at ISGD Podcast, and that's on Twitter, Facebook, and now Instagram. Yeah. We're joining the the rest of the world in social media here. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Check out our website, isgdpodcast.com, for pictures related to our cases. You can fucking get in contact to us there. We also have links to our merch and all this other cool shit. Hell yeah. Stop on by. The water's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy. And very exciting. Drum roll. We are going to start a Patreon. That was my thunder thighs slapping together. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) We're starting a Patreon. It made a very accurate drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) I've practiced. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to start a Patreon. And so we'll have um, like bonus episodes for you guys. If you want to do that, we will, I think we want to try and get it up by April 1st. Yeah. And I think we're going to like ease on into the Patreon pool because we want to do this right. We haven't really looked into the Patreon thing too much other than I researched a case for it. Researching a case and we set up an account. So (laughs) (laughs) So we're on it. We'll figure that out. But we're shooting for early April. And that'll be really exciting. Yes. So keep an eye out for that shit on social media. And also we'll probably be blasting it on the next episode as long as we have it all set up and ready to rock. True. Also, one of the fun things we wanted to do was Aaron's idea for the Patreon is to come up with like a little Q&A sesh. Oh, yeah. After we like read our little story. So if you guys want to ask us any questions, send us some goddamn emails. Yeah. Can contact us, how it write us, longhand write us. We don't care. Send us any question. It could be about cases. It could be personal questions. It could be fucking like. It could be advice on your relationship. Fucking, it might not be good advice, but we'll give you advice. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be fun if people asked advice from us? Oh my God. Hell we, yeah. We are not qualified for that shit. Uh, yeah. Huge disclaimer. We're not qualified for anything like that, but no. we will give you our opinions. Yep. We sure will. <laughs> So, you know, if you ever wanted an opinion from two fucking basic Southern California girls, (laughs) you got it. (laughs) Who cuss like sailors and love beer. That's true. We do those things. Yes. So we would love if for the first episode when we record it, we have a couple of listener questions. That'd be so fucking fun. So send them to us. Yeah. Anyway, we love you guys. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. Send us some love letters. Yep. Do all of the things, and we appreciate the fuck out of you. Love you guys so goddamn much. And don't get raped. Or murdered. Please. Enjoy your week. Bye. Bye. Adios, turd nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from Mixed Media Forest Podcast. Every day, we're surrounded by media. Books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories,
stories, and recommendations about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest Podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting App and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing.